It's All Journalism has always been a labor of love for its producers. We do the interviews, edit the audio, and present weekly podcasts to you free of charge. While we did launch a Patreon page a few years back to great fanfare and little success, we haven't really asked our listeners for financial support. That may change at some point, but for now, we'd like you to continue enjoying our content for free. While we're not asking for your dollars, we would like to ask you to do a few simple things to help our podcast grow. First, subscribe to It's All Journalism on your favorite audio platform. Then, go to itsalljournalism.com and sign up for our weekly email newsletter. Like and share our episodes on social media. Rate and like our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to It's All Journalism. Tell a friend or colleague about It's All Journalism. You can also take one of our anonymous online surveys. These simple actions from our loyal audience can have a huge impact on our podcast's success. You can find out more about our podcast at itsalljournalism.com. We're hoping to fill that space with the next generation of people who want to come in, who want to do strong community journalism at a local level and match them up and hopefully continue this tradition on. As more and more local community newspapers go under, vast news deserts are forming across the country. This week, we talked to someone about a project that's hoping to reverse that trend. I'm Michael O'Connell. This is It's All Journalism. Jim Iovino is the Ogden Newspaper's Visiting Assistant Professor of Media Innovation at the West Virginia University Reed College of Media. He is also the director of the new newspaper ownership initiative called New Start. And also joining us is Don Smith, the executive director of the West Virginia Press Association. Welcome, Jim and Don, to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks Thank for you. Us. Glad to be here. Okay. So we're actually in Morgantown. West Virginia, here at West Virginia University. I, I figured I'd take a nice day out and find out about this program called uh, New Start that Jim is starting. So first of all, how did you end up at West Virginia University, Jim? <laughs> That's a good question. So before this, I was at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Uh, Pittsburgh's not very far away here from uh, Morgantown. I was deputy managing editor at the Post-Gazette for several years. And then this opportunity opened up. And, uh, you know, it was it was kind of right in my wheelhouse of, of trying to, to save local journalism in, in one way or another. And it was a good opportunity. And so uh, I made the switch. And how about you, Don? How'd you end up at the West Virginia Press Association? Well, it's at the end of a, I shouldn't say hopefully not the end, but at this point, a long career in journalism in West Virginia. I've started out as a reporter in the Northern Bay Handle, and I've been a editor, ad director, publisher, and I'd served on the Press Association board and as a president. And the executive director position came open in Charleston, and I was able to take that in 2012. Okay. And so we're, we're here to talk about New Start, which is the uh, – why don't you tell me, Jim, what is the uh, – what is New Start about? So New Start's a new newspaper ownership initiative that we're starting here at West Virginia University. And what we're doing is trying to find the next generation of newspaper owners all across the country. Basically, we're looking at the community journalism level, but at, at weekly newspapers and small town community newspapers, daily newspapers across the country. And so what we're doing with the program is really – Finding those key individuals who want to come back and, and work in the, either their hometowns or just find a new small town somewhere in the country that they want to own their own newspaper 
or media publication. We train them in all the ways that they need to do that in a, in a smart way going forward digitally with digital subscriptions and, and a whole new kind of business model. And then actually help them match up with a newspaper that wants to sell in, uh, in an area that they want to buy. We help facilitate that transaction with them and then give them several years of support afterwards. So what is the need that you guys are trying to address? Is there a need to get some new blood into uh, the local news environment? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, you know, as I go around the country and talk to different people at, you know, weekly and small daily papers across the country, we're finding the same thing over and over again, that there's there's really no succession plan for a lot of these papers. And, you know, to avoid what we say, you know, the news deserts across the country where papers are, are closing, you know, left and right, these owners, you know, either they thought that you know, a son or a daughter was going to take over the family business and continue it on. And they're finding that's not the case. You know, the those kids are have either moved out of town to bigger and better things somewhere else, or it's just not, you know, the newspaper industry is just not for them. And then the next step is like, boy, well, I hope I can find somebody locally here in town who wants to take it over. And they're finding that to be hard as well. So there's no natural progression for them. And so they're at a point where they say, well, what are my options after that? I could sell to one of the big corporate chains that would come in, but who knows what that corporate chain would do to the paper. And we've seen that across the country where, you know, they get stripped down of, of everything that these owners have put in, you know, their heart and soul into for 40, 50 years or whatever. And then, you know, it's gone. Or they just find that they have to close completely if they can't find a buyer. So none of the, those options aren't very good. So we're hoping to fill that space with the next generation of people who want to come in, who want to do strong community journalism at a local level and match them up and hopefully continue this tradition on. Don, I want to make sure you're part of this discussion. So why is community journalism important to maintain? Each little community in West Virginia, we have 55 counties, uh, 1.8 million people, and they're spread over these mountains. But this, this applies across the country. Each of these communities counts on their newspaper to be the marketplace of ideas in that community. When you talk to someone about their newspaper, it's local. The radio and the TV may be regional, but the newspaper is local. And these small weekly papers stay in the home from week to week, and often they'll have the full year sitting over there. And these communities are struggling, a lot of these small communities. And if you're talking about a place that's losing its newspaper, it's probably already facing some economic challenges. And if you lose your newspaper, you have a much more difficult time gaining as a community and recovering. Yesterday, WVU hosted, their news and information department hosted a uh, academic media day on economic recovery and economic growth in West Virginia. And as I listened to each of the programs, and they were all great, I realized that they were presenting the program to the state's media. And at the other end, they're going to need local media to share the ideas. So it's really one of the heart and souls of the community. It's like a high school. If you lose your high school, a community sometimes lose their identity. It's the same with their newspaper. And the other thing is, you know, this is primarily our focus on the podcast has been a lot in digital journalism. And, you know, the print newspapers sometimes comes into the conversation, you know, especially when we're talking about local journalism where, you know, there's sort of a strata that, that's still survivable. 
And we're talking not just about you know some papers fold for for various reasons, some because the the owner has decided to retire, others because of economic reasons. But a lot of these papers, you and I were talking about this before, Jim, are still economically viable. And so, you know, this is kind of, I guess, part of what the initiative is, is like identifying those types of papers and finding people who can sort of pick those up. That's right. That's right. And Don, you've seen this throughout West Virginia, that even at these smaller communities in West Virginia, it's still a viable option for publishers. Absolutely. The A couple of things, Mike. One of the things that we're interested in, these papers few weeklies in West Virginia closed. They're purchased by the bigger groups or somebody because they are financially beneficial. Now, it may be a small cow, but it's a cash cow for a larger paper to bring it in because they make revenue. And with this program, and one of the reasons that we partner with WVU on this initiative is a lot of these weeklies aren't tapping it all into the digital revenue stream. They are strictly still print. And we, when we met with them to talk about the next generation, where the paper is going to go, even before that, we were talking to them about digital and getting online. Well, the existing owners weren't interested in that. And we're hoping that Jim and WVU can find us strong local owners who can not only continue the print revenue, but tap into the growing digital revenue. Again, we were just discussing this, that, you know, people, they care about the local news. They care about the stop sign going in at the end of the street more than what's going on in Capitol Hill. So local really has an impact and can and continue to be impactful. Jim, let me ask you, what is it, describe the program. What is it you're hoping to do? How are you going to sort of attract people to it? Sure, yeah. So what we have going on is it's a year-long master's program. And right now we have funding for the program. So through the Benetton Foundation. So we're thankful for them for doing that. And what this does really takes somebody through a year-long program. It's online courses. So you don't actually have to be here in West Virginia to, at Morgantown to be a part of the program. You can do it through online courses. But we will have some in-person events throughout the year where industry experts are going to come in and talk and teach people things at, at that point as well. But it's really, it's not just about community journalism and learning how to do that, but it's also about the business side of things. And I think that's a big part that you know a lot of journalists don't really get or really understand that part of how a newspaper works. So you know, for me, you know, I spent most of 2018 in the table stakes program through uh, Lenfest and Knight Foundation API. So I'm kind of, I guess you could say, a disciple of that. And so I learned a lot about the business side of things. I learned a ton about digital subscriptions. I learned a lot about just you know how to engage with the audience and listen to your audience. And so there's a lot of that that comes through in this program as well through the New Star program, where you know you're going to be you're going to learn about the business side of things. You're going to learn about the economics of how a newspaper operates and how it should operate going forward digitally as well. So there's a lot. To that. So it's, you have this year long program, but at the same time, we're also helping you determine, you know, what area of the country you want to be in, where these newspapers are, and, you know, which ones then are actually profitable still and are a viable option for you if you want to buy your own. Um, we help you with the funding of that, either through you know small business loans or historic preservation funds, and we also look at the the business models as well. Do you want it to be a nonprofit? Do you want it to be for profit? You know, there's all these different options. So it depends on you know 
each situation will be different, but we'll work with you on that to come up with your own business plan and then um, help you for a few years after that with just consultation and a cohort of your other uh, people who are in the program as well. So you get this real community of new owners that are all going through the same thing. So who do you see as the ideal candidate for this? So we've got really like four different areas of this. One, current journalism students who want to make an impact either in their own hometowns or just somewhere in the country. Two are current journalists themselves who may be at a bigger, like, you know, mid-market somewhere in the country who think that they can actually do things smarter on their own or who want to try it on their own and, and kind of like own their own destiny. Three would be any journalists who have been laid off and there are a lot around the country, but you know, they know what they're doing. They've seen it not work at a certain level probably and want to own their own destiny as well. And then four are just, you know, local entrepreneurs across the country who realize that journalism is, a, is and a newspaper in particular are very key to how their town functions and runs and wants to make sure that that doesn't go away. So we've seen uh, examples of that throughout the country, too, of, you know, just local entrepreneurs who have no idea about the journalism side of things, but they want to make sure that it stays and, and thrives in their community. So, Don, Don, let me ask you, let's sort of build on that entrepreneurial discussion. You know, how important is it these days, do you think, for, for journalists to be entrepreneurial? It's extremely important in terms of the newspapers and the media operations, because whether they're going to be print and considered newspapers are going to be online, it's extremely important. I think one of the things that this program will help, I think, define is what is success as a newspaper. My background, I started out at a daily, but I worked at a weekly as a reporter and an editor, and I've been around our state. And we think that we know there are families out there and people out there who are who decided to stay in their hometown, make a good living, and live a lifestyle they enjoy. You may work 60 hours at a weekly newspaper, but you may do it in four days or four and a half and have a great weekend. So if you want that lifestyle, you have to be a good business person. And one of the reasons that we got involved with this, there was a time when people would – I would get calls as far back as 2012 – with our owners considering getting out of the business. And as Jim pointed out, they didn't have a succession plan. And I would meet with other people who were interested in buying papers. And the group would come in and either want to buy a paper or start a paper, and they'd all be journalists. And they'd I'd say, how many of you have business background? How many are, have your own startup? Something like that. No hands would go up. They were just writers. And I said, everyone get up and run because you're going to lose your money. If you don't understand the entrepreneurial part of this and the business part, and you want to make that commitment to a community, you're probably not going to make it because you can fail with this as in any business. And I think if this upheaval that we've seen in our industry over the last you know decade or so has proven anything, it's that journalists are really good at uh, creating journalism and journalism solutions. It may not be very good, though, about creating sustainable, <laughs> long-term um, sustainability, I guess is the best way to put it. When we were talking about who's interested in, in certainly Jim's approach from the university side, but I know that when 
the Press Association first looked at this, it was also in our communities, there are in West Virginia, and this is happening around the country, but there are a lot of families moving into West Virginia now for our natural gas business and other things, and people retiring here. Or well, a lot of times they may have they may be PR people. They may be business people who have that, and they want to live in a community, and they decide that retirement isn't not doing anything. It's just not doing what they were doing. And those are the entrepreneurs that are saying, hey, why don't we buy the local paper? And it's such an important role in the community. Now, you never get to have lunch or dinner alone because someone comes up and talks to you about what's going on, but it's it's such an important thing. And that's really for the Press Association, our goal was we had 10, 12 papers calling to see about getting out, and the market was different. We were trying to help them, but we also wanted to bring in 10 strong voices, people who are going to live in that community, understand that community, and not just see it turn into a bureau for a large regional paper where there really wasn't a reporter that understood the community. So, uh, Jim, you were telling me before that there are some success stories. Obviously, you, this program hasn't started yet, but you can point to people who have gone to uh, local newspapers and, you know, mid-career or whatever, and had bought them and, and turned them into something, I guess. Yeah, yeah. One of the examples that we have on our website, we talked with Emmy Springlemeyer, who was the Washington correspondent for the Rocky Mountain News. Um, he decided that he wanted out of that paper. He wanted to do something on his own. So he took a buyout, took his savings, did a search across the Midwest of, you know, just like what paper could he buy. He ended up in New Mexico where he, he had connections there, bought the weekly paper and uh, really grew it and turned it into something special and ran it for, I think, seven, eight years, I think it was. He eventually sold it. He had somebody in his family who got sick in North Carolina and had to move. But he told me that, you know, it was, you know, of everything that he had done in his career in Washington and beyond. He covered several wars as well. Uh, But like the community news and and covering his own community there in in New Mexico was the most fulfilling thing that he did in journalism. Now, I know we've been mostly talking in, in sort of general terms about, you know, print newspapers, but, you know, buying those old print newspapers and and keeping them alive, but looking forward, you know, toward digital, you know, how are you sort of incorporating that into the program? Yeah. Like if you think about it, like the papers that, that we want to bring into this program are ones that are still profitable. And because they are, you can then take that money and reinvest it and really keep an eye towards the future instead of just trying to hang on to everything that you have now, but invest it into the future, you know, either through digital subscriptions. But, you know, what I say all the time is, you know, diversify, diversify, diversify. And, you know, sure, digital subscriptions is one arm of that, but events can be another arm for these papers. You know, there's also, you know, other options out there, you know, like there's Project Text, which Lakewood, Ohio is has been trying out where people subscribe, get texts each week. And that's like a, you know, you're bringing in revenue. Uh, it's not exactly the digital subscription model that we're used to thinking of, but it's another model out there that could work for some places. Yeah. And the fact that, that many of these are still bring in print revenue, and so that makes them so, sort of a, a nice base to sort of build on. We just posted a, a podcast, or one of our Better News episodes, uh, where I spoke to Mitch Pugh of the Post and Courier down in, is it South Carolina? 
South Carolina. And how they, you know, they have events, they have meetups, you know, they have different verticals that they, they build to sort of help them transition from, you know, because they were having diminishing print revenue, but also allow them to build their subscriber base and identify products that could create new revenue streams for them. It's understanding that in this environment, the, the news industry continues to evolve in print and in, in digital. So how can people find out about this program? Yeah, so we have a website up. It's newstart.media. So if you go there, you can find out all about the program. And you can actually apply for the fellowship that we have. And we also have a Twitter account. WVU New Start is the Twitter account. We also have on our website newsletter that people can subscribe to as well on there. I just posted a new one today. So those are the main ways. Okay, Don, let me ask you. I know we've been mostly talking about this program, but is there any anything, other initiatives or anything that the association has got its eye on? Well, we've been partnering with everyone around the state we can. This this initiative came from a press association initiative, this program we in 2017 – we are trying to do everything we can do to strengthen the local journalism in West Virginia, and it has to make money. We think that anything we do, you have to be a good business to be a good newspaper, but it also has to be a shareable model to work around the country. We started an online news sharing among our members, which where they used to see each other as competition, now we act as a clearinghouse and share top regional stories. We share features and business stories, which we found were the two areas that even our larger papers had cut back on in terms of staff. So we put out good local features, good local business stories, and they're available. They've already been edited, so they save time and money for the papers. So that's out there. We are partnering with the university on this project, but again, Yesterday, we worked with uh, the university on Academic Media Day, and that's just not newspapers. That's radio, TV, and print, and they bring people in, and we discuss topics, and yesterday was the West Virginia economy. So we bring our people in and give them a snapshot of the economy, and that's opened all journalists in West Virginia, any form. We are hosting, which we didn't used to host legislative look ahead to give them a preview into the legislature. We do state social media trainings. So any way we can to support the journalists, help them train and offer new opportunities. We're working in that area. So be a booster for uh, West Virginia journalism. I, I know that you are. You pick one thing that you could point people to. So check this out. This is kind of cool. What's going on in West Virginia? Well, not just because I'm here. The coolest thing is certainly the New Start program. But right now it's National Newspaper Week, what the papers are talking about. And then the legislature right now, the big thing we're looking at is public notice. And in West Virginia, public notice is through legal advertising in their newspaper because the key is to put that notice in the local community where the impacted people are. The next, this is National Newspaper Week. It kicks off three months up to the start of the legislative session where newspapers across West Virginia will be explaining the value of public notice, showing how it's changing. We have an online website, westvirginialegals.com, that carries legals. So for people of West Virginia to know what's going on in their community, how government's spending their money, that's a key. And it's not always something that they're aware of, but it's a big thing right now. And before we wrap up, Jim, who's going to win the uh, Stanley Cup this year? 
<laughs> uh, I would like to say my penguins, but uh, I don't know. I don't know. Okay, okay. Just thought, thought of theory a curveball there, or a curve uh, puck, I guess. Uh, Jim, Don, thanks for coming on the podcast. It's been great. I'm enjoying this lovely town, this lovely day here in Morgantown in West Virginia. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having us. You've been listening to It's All Journalism, a weekly podcast about the people who make the news. You can find out more about us and download past episodes at itsalljournalism.com. While you're visiting our website, why not sign up for the It's All Journalism newsletter? You'll get all the latest info about our podcast, including episode notes and news about live events and upcoming interviews. Go to itsalljournalism.com to subscribe. We also just posted the results of our online survey about journalism resources. Check out what tools some of our readers are using to make good journalism. Everyone who took our survey received a free It's All Journalism mug. If you'd like to score a mug of your own, take one of our surveys. Go to itsalljournalism.com to learn more. It takes a lot of people to create an episode of It's All Journalism. Nicole Grisco produced this episode. Amber Healy wrote our web content. Nick Dupre wrote our theme music. Emilio Brust helped with our booking. Nicholas Hunter provided a web assist. And I'm your host, Michael O'Connell. It's All Journalism is produced in partnership with the Association of Alternative News Media. Thanks for listening. <laughs>